0: Hello to all our listeners and welcome to The Backstory by Commercial Observer. Now, while recent reports might show a general downturn in CRE debt originations and a decline in lenders, there's a beacon of light in an unexpected sector, construction. Our executive editor, Kathy Cunningham, sits down with our finance reporter, Brian Paskus, to unpack the findings from Newman's latest capital markets report and the intriguing surge in construction lending. Why, against the backdrop of a market grappling with liquidity concerns, high interest rates, and looming inflation, is construction finance thriving? There's more to this story than meets the eye, so stick around as we uncover the dynamics at play and what this means for the industry at large.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast series. My name is Kathy Cunningham. I'm the executive editor of Commercial Observer, and it's my pleasure to be joined today by the one and only Brian Paskus. Hi, Brian. Hey. How are you today?
2: Hey, Kathy. I'm well. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So, so let's talk about your feature article for our September mm-hmm. 5th issue, which is our construction lending issue, a very popular issue all the time. And you're focused on basically the state of construction lending, which seems like a very yeah. broad topic, but actually there's a lot going on just now in construction lending. And the reason behind this story, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that we as a finance team have seen construction loans consistently close um, despite really tough market conditions recently. So yeah. tell me, Brian. So so first of all, you know, how was your reporting for this feature and what did you learn?
2: Well, I, I would say, you know, what's unique about the, this uh, construction lending story is there's there's a deep uh, and complex finance component to it. And, and this story began when you and I were having a conversation. And we noticed that rather than reporting on acquisition loans or refinancings, some of the main Stories we were writing when it came to loans were construction loans, and and they were some of them were quite large in the 190 million, uh, 80 million, even 200 million range. Uh, They ran the gamut, but they were pretty consistent. So we kind of wanted to find out why that was the case, and we spoke with various industry players, whether they were you know debt funds, banks, um, CEOs, uh, builders, investors, whatever you want to call it, uh, to get our answers. And and what really came out of it is that lending is down across the board uh, in commercial real estate. Uh, Originations are significantly lower than they were last year. And the number of lenders have uh, disappeared. I think the number of lenders in the industry declined 32% year over year, whereas originations are down more than 50%. So we, we wanted to find out, well, why has construction lending remained consistent? And what we saw, and the main thing we learned is that it's become very attractive for lenders to make construction loans because the equity equations uh, in the loan uh, structures have changed. And we'll get into all that, but they're basically, long story short is, lenders are putting less skin into the game, they're taking less risk, so they stand to lose less, But their coupons, what they're making, you know, when they make the loans have increased. And a lot of this has to do with interest rates and the various complexities of commercial real estate finance. Uh, So it's very much a paradoxical equation. And I'm excited to talk about that and walk our readers through it.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, you just put things in context. We really have seen the lending playing field diminish considerably this past year. And that makes a lot of sense given interest rates, given the banking uh, failures and what have you. So uh, to me, this is a really interesting story just because. Every loan that came across our desks, I think the majority really were construction loans where we saw so few refinances, which makes sense, so few acquisition loans, which also makes sense given the current market environment. So for me, just as an editor, seeing what was coming across our desk, construction lending was the kind of place to be if you were a lender mm-hmm. with the ability to do that in this environment. So, so so, Brian, talk us through, you know, you mentioned the the kind of the playing field in terms of who you spoke with, but I know you spoke with 16 different sources for this, which I think is some kind of record for for commercial, commercial observers. Sourcing for a, for a future story. So, so talk me through, you know, how you, first of all, you know, determined which sources you were going to speak with. And also, you know, was there a general consensus as to this is why construction lending is so busy right now?
2: Um, Sure. I'd love to get into that. Well, with any, you know, story and any reporting, you just want to spread a wide net because there's never any guarantee that folks will get back to you within the, uh, the deadline you, you have. Um, it was one of those things where I reached out to, I think twenty people, and I got sixteen yeses, which is uh, it's not bad not, yeah, not bad, but it's also not too normal. So i my schedule filled up quickly, and I uh, had almost too much information to work with by the time I was done speaking with them. But the main theme that came out of my many conversations, especially with lenders uh, and then with the builders themselves, was risk. Construction lending is so full of risk, uh, and it's something that not many lenders like to do because at the outset of a project you're out to dry you know you're you're putting yourself out there uh, and and there's no guarantee that you're going to get your money back as a lender because that project needs to actually be completed so oftentimes a construction loan is structured in that the money is given out up front from the lender's side there's a certain amount of equity in it and so that loan is made it, that, that money that's financing the construction is made up of sponsors equity and then the lender's side. Now, for most of the last 10 to 15 years when interest rates were super low, those loan to value rates in terms of how much equity the sponsors put in were rather low. Sometimes it was 25%, other times it was 35%, but it was around that, you know, maybe at most it was 40%. So often lenders uh had more um, you know, risk in there. And the problem is Things constantly go wrong in construction projects. There's stop work orders. There are municipal challenges from locals who could stop a building in the middle of progress. Um, There's environmental issues, especially in Florida, hurricanes as we're seeing right now. And then there's also the human element where you need to have the right relationship as a sponsor with the general contractor, with the subcontractor, with the construction working teams. And a lender especially if it's a debt fund or a bank, doesn't necessarily have those relationships. That's on their home doing their homework with the sponsor to create a good team to make sure the project goes well. But at best, a lender is hoping to get their money back with a little bit of interest. So it's inherently risky for them. And as uh, Seth Weissman at Urban Standard Capital told me, most do not want to do it. They don't want to get involved. They'll do other types of loans, but construction loans they'll avoid. So that that really stood out. And then there was the fact that we're coming off a three year period during COVID where construction sites had to be shut down due to the pandemic restrictions and um concerns around, you know, spread. And then of course, workers actually getting sick and teams of workers needing to take two, three, four weeks off in order to recover from the pandemic. So this was a period of time where, you know, it didn't make sense for a lot of people to to lend on construction, uh, but they did it anyway. And the reason they did it and the reason they're lending today, it really comes down to um, credit and interest rates. And, and there's all sorts of equations that, uh, you know, make it very favorable for lenders to put their money out. And we could get into that.
1: Definitely. And it's interesting you said about you know, the COVID period because we we also saw construction loans closing during that period. And obviously, like you said, it was a really difficult time with site delays and what have you. Um, But um, to me, it's really interesting that now, again, like this is a really difficult period of market volatility and we see construction loans consistently closing. So one question for you, Brian, is um, do you see any new entrants to the construction lending playing field? Or do you think these are lenders that have really been around for a long time, no construction lending inside out, no all those nuances and are really continuing to to land on what they know, basically, you know, where where their bread is buttered?
2: Well, we we have seen some new entrants into the market, uh, especially over the last few years, and it's really come uh, in the debt fund space, that alternative lending field, um, the non-bank lenders, so to speak. And you know, these come out of the private equity sphere. Different private equity firms have their own uh, alternative lending wings, but then there's also smaller private firms that you know source capital from family offices, pension funds. Um, high net worth individuals and so on and so forth, where they create, you know, a stack of capital uh, for themselves, certainly, uh, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. And they lend that out uh, for projects uh, at a higher interest rate than the banks would, but they also put more of their debt into the game. so sponsors are taking less risk, which makes it more attractive for them to uh, take the loans from them rather than a bank who, you know, has same-day deposits and needs to be a little bit more careful with how they lend their money. So we have seen a growth of the debt funds into the space. And we've also seen different investment firms enter the construction loans space. First and foremost, the big deal of the summer was when west which was, you know, at risk of going under in May, sold a $2.6 billion construction loan portfolio with 74 loans on it, largely backed by multifamily loans uh, to Kennedy Wilson, an investment firm. So that's kind of one of those rare deals where you scratch your head and you're like, why would an investment firm want to take a huge loan portfolio from a bank? Why would a bank want to give it away? But because of the market conditions, it was one of those deals where it made sense for both sides. Um, But the reason why we've seen new entrants enter the market and the reason we've seen construction loans remain so consistent through the pandemic and now through inflation and this period of the highest interest rates since 1983 is the lending terms are better so there's there's a number of um, things to understand here that are kind of inside baseball commercial real estate but we could go through them slowly uh, the first thing is the debt service coverage ratio so that's kind of measures the cash flow versus the debt on a deal and as the and as the debt service coverage ratio goes up the loan to value on a deal goes down that percentage so basically sponsors are needing to put in more of their own money whereas lenders have to put in less but the cash flow versus debt is increasing so it's becoming more favorable favorable for them to put their own money in while it's becoming less risky for them as well so that's very attractive to lenders and that's why they make the deal the next thing is is the secured overnight financing rate so which you're going to hear a lot about if you ever talk to commercial real estate professionals that SOFR uh, percentage, uh, it was an interest rate. It's a large interest rate that is basically a measurement against how much treasuries uh, are in the system. And because less treasuries are in the system today because interest rates are higher, that interest rate SOFR has gone from 2.3% a year ago to 5.3%. So every time a lender makes a loan to create a construction lo- loan and make a pr- construction project happen, that's, that, that money is measured against SOFR. So the basis points are either for a bank going to be around 300 to 500 basis points above SOFR, which means it's going to be a you know 8.3% loan, because that's 300 basis points above 5.3%, or a 10.3% loan, which is 500 basis points against SOFR. So that's just for the banks. The debt funds will, will lend even higher basis points against SOFR, and the reason they do that is they need to make their money back somehow again on the loan. And when SOFR is higher, their interest rates thus have to be higher. So that's a very critical thing to understand, is they're lending because they're actually making more money every time they lend out a dollar. And then the final thing to think about is the debt yields on these loans and on these projects have also gone up. So the debt yield is the net operating income divided by the loan size. Now, the net operating income of a office building or a apartment building you're building is likely going to be the same, you know, especially if you are building a good building, it's leased up, you know, it's attractive. But if your loan amount decreases because the sponsor's putting in more money, you as a lender are going to make a higher debt yield than you would two, three, four years ago. So this is a long way of saying that all this inside baseball, commercial real estate finance, all these equations that these, um, executives use to determine whether they're, they're going to put money out they've all moved in the into the favor of the lender the lender makes more money in this current environment that's why they're making construction loans despite the risk
1: Right, and speaking of risk, you did mention that you know construction lending is one of the riskiest areas um, for for our industry, I think for sure. Um, so I guess like the risk return spectrum is just so kind of you know perfect right now in terms of what these lenders are doing. And one other thing that you mentioned, Brian, which I think is really interesting, is basically the quality of loans that lenders are able to make today. In terms of mm-hmm. the quality of the sponsorship is increasing, um, better assets, better locations. Um, I think this is a really good period for lenders to add construction loans to their own portfolios. Um, And really, you know, maybe loans that they could make a couple of years ago and now they're able to add them to their portfolio and essentially upgrade their whole portfolio with their lending activity today. Would you you agree with that?
2: Oh, I definitely think so. Um, You know, often I think sometimes we look at these portfolios and many lenders are trying to get certain things off their books, especially in the office sector. Um, But there's certainly a ton of opportunity right now where people want to build. They want to take advantage of the fact that, you know, maybe in 12 to 18 months from now. Uh, interest rates will be lower. That's to be expected. Um, you know, maybe they'll be in the three percent range. And at the same time, especially when you look at multifamily or industrial, uh, and even student housing, there's going to remain a demand, and that supply is still going to be rather constrained. So, this is a great time for them to expand their portfolios into construction to anticipate the surge that's going to occur when the economy, you know, gets into a little bit of a a healthier place with inflation tamed and interest rates at a more familiar level uh so to speak more familiar absolutely
1: and do you have any sense for you know how long this window might um last from what i hear the 24 25 loan vintage a lot of lenders are expecting it to be the very best loan vintage of their careers so did you get any feedback on that from your sources
2: i haven't heard too much of, of in terms of the anticipation in terms of the vintage with 24 and 25 coming up but I think what everyone is is in a wait and see mode is is to to uh, examine what happens to the economy once this wave of um, commercial real estate debt maturities around office passes. I think a lot of people are are looking at that to see if there's going to be any sort of systematic uh, you know damage to the system um, when you know we have to see who can and can't pay. What happens to the debt which banks are holding? What bag? Um, people are kind of in a wait and see approach when it comes to that. And, and once that office maturities wave crashes and we see who's left standing, I think you're going to see a lot of activity pick up, uh, in the construction lending space, specifically around multifamily, uh, and industrial, because those right now are popular. Those right now are, are where many of these construction ones are happening. And then once the system's in a healthier place. I, I imagine you're going to see that really zoom into overdrive in the middle part of the uh, of the decade.
1: Now, in terms of you know what else you heard when you were doing your reporting for this piece, so so what else did your sources tell you while you were grilling them, like George Foreman?
2: Well, I think you know George, he's down in West Palm Beach. Um, uh, excuse me, Doug Foreman. Uh, that,
1: oh, oh, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We can take that back, George. I was asking what you were, what else you learned when you were grilling your sources, like George Foreman. That was a joke. oh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we'll need that at this. Um, You know, one thing that was really fascinating uh, when I was grilling my sources, so so to speak, and I I tried to treat them, you know, at a medium rare level, uh, not too hard, is uh, many lenders are stepping in to this construction uh, loans field midstream. And by this, I mean, they're being asked, especially the debt fund's they're being asked to come in and take over projects midway through and inject capital into it because of the loan, the construction loan, fell out of balance. And you hear this all the time when you speak to uh, commercial real estate professionals about construction loans. Is that when a loan falls out of balance, that means that sponsor equity and that loan amount that was given at the start of the project that's used to carry it through to stabilization, somewhere along the line, there's not enough money. Uh, they can no longer take their monthly draws. They can no longer fund the construction. So usually the sponsor is asked by the lender to to pony up a little bit more equity. The problem is sometimes the sponsor can't do that. So then the lenders usually must syndicate out their position in the deal on the project to another lender who has the capital and can put their you know, stamp and and their capital into the project in order to bring it to completion. So a few different lenders, um, 3650 REITs, Jonathan Roth, uh, Madison Realty Capitals, Josh Zegan, they talked about many of the deals they're stepping into are these midstream deals where they're being asked to stabilize the project, use their uh, capital and allow it to uh, be completed.
1: I think actually interesting, I can't imagine anything hairier than stepping into a construction loan mid mid-process, you know, in terms of <laughs> level level of difficulty and you know just understanding yeah. of all the, the intricacies of that. So so, like you said, you mentioned Joe Segan, you mentioned Jonathan Roth, you know, the two lenders that have been around for a long time understand mm-hmm. exactly like how, how to step into a loan like that. But um, I guess it's not for everybody, right? You really have to be a very seasoned construction lender to be able to do that.
2: Yeah, they, they talked, they said, you know, they're, they're fortunate that they have decades of experience, uh, but they also said they, on their, um, in their groups, they have teams, you know, uh, that can do that forensic analysis and really kind of do an autopsy of the project as it's being built and determine what needs to be done, where they can help, uh, where the risks are, and whether or not it makes sense to them. And, you know, What's fascinating when you talk about construction lending is there, there's so many human elements to it because it's this team. It's like you're playing with Legos as a as a little kid. You're trying to build something, but you're also working with dozens of other people. You're using your hands. You're using machines, but you know it's not like artificial intelligence is put b- b- building these buildings. It's human beings. It's it's human cooperation. It's human capacity, and then it's it's also uh, you know the money element. So all these things are playing together. Through a, a very complex system, uh, so even when you look at it, one building uh, is hard to do. Especially, you know, many of these construction teams are working on multiple buildings at once. Many of these lenders have their their capital in, in different types of pots, so uh, it's a whole network of uh, complexity, uh, but also of co- cooperation. And it's a really cool part of the industry. And um, hopefully, our readers will take uh, away from our podcast and our article the renewed appreciation just for how uh, any building gets completed.
1: And Brian, obviously you cover construction loans every day, but this is your first real kind of deep dive into the epic journey of construction lending and its status today. So what was the most interesting thing you learned or the most surprising thing you learned just putting this piece together?
2: Um, you know, I would say it's, it's kind of a, f- a f- familiar pattern with, with any type of commercial real estate reporting. It's just how dependent the entire industry is on interest rates uh, and interest rate fluctuations just completely throw things off balance uh and the fact that we've seen the highest rate hike in the last year uh you know engineered by the federal reserve that in itself has has really altered the playing field for commercial real estate which for you know since 2007 2008 under ben bernanke and quantitative easing had been relatively stable up until march of 2022 and and since march of 2022 it's gone into it's it's become more difficult. And then since the regional banking crisis, which have caused even more rate hikes in a short amount of time, it's become, you know, very chaotic. And I think that, you know, just to learn how, you know, the interest rate uh, increases have impacted DSCR, SOFR, debt yields, LTVs, all of that um, has reinforced again that, um, you know, folks, you could be as smart a business uh, men as possible, smart a businesswoman as you can be but when interest rates uh, rise really quickly, uh, you could be left holding the bag and, and you could be screwed.
1: Yep, all bets are off. Well, once again, Brian, I want to commend you on getting sixteen sources on the phone the week before Labor Day. I think that, like I said, is our record for for Commercial Observer, and no mean feat. Um, and I really enjoyed hearing about hearing about your article. You did a great job. I've already read it; it's fantastic. So I hope our readers love it too. But um, thank you so much for for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me, and and, and thank you for coming
0: up with the idea for the piece. It was fun.
1: Sure thing, my pleasure.
0: Thank you for tuning into the backstory. For a deeper dive into this topic and to read the detailed article that sparked today's discussion, head over to our website, commercialobserver.com. Remember, you can always catch our episodes on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, stay informed and keep listening.